Well, guys, happy Sunday to you. Hopefully you're doing well. Well, we are finishing our series, Big Reputation, today. And if you're a follower of Jesus, like your personal reputation and our church's reputation, it's connected. You may not think of it that way, but, but it is. No matter where you are, if you're a follower of Jesus and you, people connect you with our church, there's a connection there. And so how they view you is how they're going to view our church. So, so no pressure, right? We've said this over the last couple of weeks, that reputation is the belief or opinion that others have about you, they have about me, that impacts how much they trust us and how much they engage with us as a church. Well, many of us would rather look at other people and see how they need to change in order to have a good reputation. And that's where we, honestly, that's where our culture gets us, man. That's where they ding us. They ding us because we have this tendency to judge other people based on some things they need to make some changes on, whereas we don't need to change. Guys, it's a lot easier to point things out in other people than it is to look in the mirror. And this is a moment for us to see how we need to change because there is something at stake. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we hope that today, one, it encourages you to understand that we are taking this seriously and we want to get this right. The other thing is that we hope that you investigate Jesus, that you see Jesus for who he is, because at the end of the day, we all need to change. And the when and the person that helps us change is Jesus. I, I can't change you. No one else can change you. Jesus can change you. And so we ought to be investigating him. We ought to be looking at him as our hope. So this whole series is based on this verse by King Solomon. Solomon was the king, and he was the wealthiest man at the time he wrote this. And he writes, choose a good reputation over great riches. And of all the things that he could say, he was very clear, choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. And Solomon wants us to know that the the most valuable thing that you have isn't something that you own, isn't something that you can buy. It's something that isn't necessarily at a value. What he's saying is the most valuable thing is who you are and what you are known for. And some of us, we work really hard to earn wealth. And Solomon would encourage us to work even harder for a good reputation. Think of reputation as a currency. Our reputation is a medium of exchange that holds value relationally and professionally. A good reputation opens doors, a bad one closes them. We would agree that a good reputation builds trust with others and a bad one wrecks it. We would say that a good reputation increases your influence and a bad one decreases it. So the mission of our church, as we get into this last week of big reputation, the mission of our church is to inspire people to follow Jesus. To make it personal, ask yourself this. Is my life inspiring people, whether my family, my kids, my parents, my friends, to follow Jesus? Make it personal. Is my life inspiring people to follow Jesus? And we should be living our lives in a way that we should make people a little bit curious about Jesus, more compelled to learn a little bit more about Jesus. And we should be living our lives as representatives of Jesus. We should be living our lives in a way that that leads people to ask questions about faith that we have 
in the Jesus we follow. We should be living our lives in such a way that maybe it would be part of inspiring people that, doesn't, that don't know Jesus to surrender their lives to following him. And here's what's true. Here's what's true about those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus. People should look at the way we live, we serve, we forgive, show compassion, exemplify patience, model integrity, have joy, help, and they should be compelled to want to know more. They want to know, they should be wanting to know more about the Savior we follow. From the very beginning of the church, we should be different from what our, our friends, our culture sees anywhere and everywhere else. And Jesus calls us to be different. He calls you, he calls me to be different. And if we're not experiencing a difference as the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, then we'll not be different. The difference the Holy Spirit makes in you and me is meant to make a difference in others. About a hundred years ago, there is a story of a man returning from a trip. And he bought his wife a box of matches. Back then, that was very necessary. And these, this box of matches would glow in the dark. And after he gave it to her, she turned out the light, but she, she couldn't see anything. Like nothing could be seen. And both thought that they had been cheated. Then the wife noticed some French words on the box, and then she asked a friend to translate them. The inscription said, If you want me to shine in the night, keep in the light. Follow, following Jesus is a very active lifestyle, and Jesus teaches on the calling we have to be different. In his most famous sermon, Sermon on the Mount, and apparently Pam was there. <laughs> yeah, Pam was at the, at the filming of The Chosen when they did the Sermon on the Mount. And so I'm sure she could testify that Jesus actually said this. But this is what he says in his sermon. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. Jesus makes it very clear. We are the salt of the earth. That's our calling or an expectation that Jesus has of you and me. Salt was an extremely valuable commodity back in the first century because people back then did not have refrigeration. They didn't have electricity. So salt was very needed. It was very much a commodity. And so you couldn't really make it without salt. Now we may love it, but they needed it. So salt provides three things. It makes everything better. I'm from the north, and coming down in the south, man, they use salted butter for pretty much everything. It doesn't taste great by itself. Whatever food you have, it doesn't taste great by itself. And the same goes for us. Think about this. Are we making situations, people we spend time with, and the people around us better? Better because of the way we love, better because of the way we serve, better because of how we view the situation, how we view the world. Salt makes you thirsty. Salt makes you thirsty for what you don't have. The same goes for us. Are we living differently so that it makes people thirsty for what they don't have? And then salt is a preservative. With the lack of refrigeration, electricity, like we said before, salt was needed in the first century. They would take salt and rub it into meat, and it would preserve it from a good thing from going bad. So the same goes 
for us. Think about this. Are you living in a way that preserves the good in a world full of bad? Are, are we the ones bringing peace, perspective, hope, and help instead of the divisiveness, anger, selfishness, and hate? See, if salt no longer does those three things, Jesus is very clear. It is thrown out and it's trampled on like dirt. If it doesn't live up to its purpose, it's useless. Keep that thought in mind. Then he goes to another metaphor. He says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. In the first century, a town back then could be seen for miles away. If it was like lit up, right? It had to be lit up and it could be seen for miles away. Now, it took many lamps to make that happen. But it could provide direction and it could provide hope for those who are lost or trying to find their way. A lamp has the potential to be the source of light, but it, but it needs to be lit. It has to be turned on. And it's clear that Jesus says that we have the potential to be the light of the world, but we need to light it instead of covering it or hiding it. We are the source of life, which means that we have the potential to provide direction and hope for the lost. And people might see the good as we let our light shine and praise our Father in heaven, that through us they might see the heart of him through us. They would see his love through us. They would see something compelling about a God that they never were interested in before. Jesus is calling out his followers to actually walk the talk. We've got to put in action behind our faith, which is admitting and accepting that following Jesus is not a passive thing to do. It's not a passive activity. It's not just a belief. Man, it's an active lifestyle. Look, believing is one thing. Following it is a different thing. Believing is only the beginning of it. Following him is an active activity and an active lifestyle that Jesus is challenging us to live differently and to be different. And the difference in us, the salt we are, the light that we shine, is meant to make a difference in other people. It's to point people to the hope that we have, which is Jesus. Because we would be honest that our life is a lot better, is actually better with Jesus than without Jesus. And we're letting people know, man, that is the hope. Jesus is the hope, and you're pointing people to him. And Jesus doesn't hold back. He doesn't hold back. He says salt that isn't salty is useless. A, a light put under a bull is useless. Y'all, I don't want to be useless. I don't want to be useless. I, I haven't sworn my life to follow God just to be useless. I don't want my life not to be part of the story that he's writing, specifically in this community. I want to be part of it. I want to be a character in it. He's challenging us to take that calling seriously. And there's more at stake than we can ever imagine. We need to be focused to make sure that we don't, we don't do anything to lose our saltiness or smolder our light. 
Jesus wants us to be salty in a good way and to shine our light in a bright way. But it's worth asking the question, and this is the question we all ask ourselves, what would cause me to lose my saltiness? What would cause me to smother my own light? And let's ask that collectively. What would cause you and I to lose our saltiness? What would cause you and I to smother our own light? And here's a few things Jesus says. What will happen for us to begin to lose our saltiness? We choose to consume rather than contribute. We choose to consume rather than contribute. When we as followers of Jesus focus on consuming church rather than contributing to the kingdom of God, we lose our saltiness and we start to smother our light and our look. Here's the truth. We're all good at consuming. You're good at consuming. I'm good at consuming. We're really good consumers. We really are. No matter if you're a saver, at the end of the day, you do like to consume. So from buying something on Amazon to attending a wedding for free food, we're so great at consuming. And for some of us, we're so good at consuming church, sermons, podcasts, and songs. And look, that's great, and we should. However, when we are more focused on consuming rather than contributing, we start to get very me-focused, then suddenly church becomes about filling my needs, getting what I want. Instead, we should be focusing on the question, what, here's what we, here's what we get to happen. What do I get as a consumer instead of what do I need to give as a follower? And at the end of the day, this is the question we're asking. What do I want to build up my kingdom or what do I need to give to build up his kingdom? See, a sign of maturing faith is moving from consuming to consume, which we get spiritually fat, to consuming to contribute, which we get spiritually fit. Y'all, we have a lot of fat cats in our churches. And I don't want to be a fat cat. I want to be spiritually fit. I want to be spiritually fit. And that means consuming to contribute. Second thing, we choose to face inward rather than outward. We cannot lose sight of those on the outside looking in. And those who are not here yet. Isn't it just so easy to get comfortable with our church friends? It's so easy to get into our routine. We just show up to church. We kind of do our thing. We're not really looking at having anyone come along with us. We lose sight of those on the outside, the mission of Jesus to seek and to save the lost, then we're missing, it. we're missing everything. We're missing everything. Jesus was always outward facing. He was always outward facing. This is why he called us to be outward facing. It's impossible to be salt for yourself or light for yourself, right? We are called by our king to be outward facing, paying attention and looking for an opportunity to invest. And all of us could probably point to at least one person in your life that was salt and light and they introduced you to Jesus and you came to faith. And there was someone that was not so inwardly focused but was outward focused that was salt and light. And we cannot be a church that is just okay with coming in week to week just seeing each other as Christians and we think we're good. There's too much at stake and too much on the line. Number three, we choose convenience rather than conviction. Y'all, there is going to be moments in our life where what's convenient, where what's comfortable 
for you rivals the conviction you have in your heart where God is leading you to go the other way. The Holy Spirit that lives inside of you will be convicting you to do the opposite of what's comfortable. When you and I consistently choose convenience and comfort, we lose our saltiness and smother the light. Y'all, it's a lot more convenient, a lot more comfortable not to forgive that person because they, they don't deserve it. But then there's that conviction that, that says that you've been forgiven by your Heavenly Father through Christ and you've been bought with a price and you're no longer your own. It's a lot more comfortable to hold on to our money instead of investing in a local church. And then you begin hearing the conviction. Do not store up stuff and treasures here on earth that moth and rust will destroy. It's a lot more convenient and comfortable to, to never step out of your comfort zone, to never do anything that stretches you, to never do anything that takes you to a place of the unknown but then there's that conviction that says without faith it's impossible to please God. When we choose conviction over convenience, we are salt and we bring light to a world full of darkness. That is God's purpose for you and for me. So what would it look like? What would it look like to ask yourself some hard questions today? Look, I, we ought to be ready to commit to living our life in a way that compels others and piques the interest of others to follow Jesus. Because we would all admit that our life is a lot better with Jesus than without. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we wrap up our series, Big Reputation, today, remind us that not just our reputation, not just our church's reputation, but Jesus' reputation is on the line. And we know that you can defend yourself Yet in the same breath, you've called us to follow Jesus. And so we represent Jesus wherever we go. So Father, I ask that you will speak to each follower of Jesus in this room, those watching online, that they would be light and they would be salt. That they would not be useless. For those who have yet to follow Jesus, I ask that they would begin investigating Jesus. They would begin searching the scriptures to see who our Savior really is. The, the reason why we have hope is because he died the death we should have died. And he rose again to give us life, eternal life, spiritual life. So Father, please, I ask that someone is willing to take that step of faith and believe that Jesus not only saves their soul, but is the king of their heart, willing to follow him wherever he calls. Help us. Help us to be faithful followers. In Jesus' name, amen.